Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Burrow takes a knee, and it's over. The winning continues for Cincinnati. The Bengals are going back to the AFC Championship game. They have won 10 in a row, and they will make an appearance in the conference championship for consecutive years for the first time in franchise history. 27 to 10, the final here in Orchard Park, New York. NFL football. Playoffs happening this Sunday. Two big games, San Francisco versus Philadelphia. And then the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. It'll be a great one. And we get an opportunity to see it firsthand and discuss those games right now. Uh, Joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. She is the host of the NFL Roadshow podcast, DirecTV, Sirius XM, Fantasy as well. Of course, we're talking about Lindsay Rhodes. Lindsay, welcome, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely, Lizzie. When you're looking at these four teams that are in in, in these last this last weekend of NFL football, mm-hmm. are these four teams that you kind of expected to be in this position? Um, I think they're definitely among the four. I mean, you would have to if like we're talking about the entirety of the whole season. I think that the Bills were in that conversation. I think that you know they they started looking a little bit more vulnerable down the stretch in ways that were tough to measure, maybe from a turnover standpoint and. You know, that's a conversation I think that a lot of people in NFL circles are having right now, like what happened (laughs) and how do they address some of the issues that popped up for them down the stretch. But uh, certainly the Chiefs were in this conversation all season. The Eagles on the NFC side, uh, the Niners just became unstoppable at a certain point. It's almost hard to remember at the beginning of the season, they they weren't really in this conversation. I think they had some, you know, quarterback uncertainty with Trey Lance. We weren't sure if that was really – um, where they wanted it to go, and then everything started clicking once they put Jimmy Garoppolo back there. The fact that they've been able to keep it going to the degree that they have with Brock Purdy, I think, is fascinating. And at this point, I think that both matchups are so evenly matched this weekend. I'm having such a hard time picking these games, and I can literally see a scenario where any of them make it to the Super Bowl, and I think that I'd, I'd be fine with that, right? Like, it would be a great game. Anthony, I think she's talking about San Francisco in the very beginning of the season when the Bears won their Super Bowl. 
<laughs> it was quite a day. It was quite a day in the monsoon at Soldier Field. And I know, Lindsay, between, you know, whether you're talking like analytics, strategies, I know all those things are really key in the way you evaluate things. But the storylines kind of stand out to yeah. me with each game as well, where you're having the AFC, what might be the two best quarterbacks in football, but then in the NFC, maybe the two best rosters that aren't necessarily QB dependent in the way yeah. that the other teams feel like. Which one, just from a kind of a storyline perspective, stands out to you more? I mean, it, again, and I hate to be like <laughs> none of the above and totally noncommittal, but that's how I'm feeling all, all week long. I could make the argument for all four, honestly. And so that, well, I was saying earlier today, and no disrespect to Tom Brady or the Patriots or anybody that's rooting currently for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it's not like I'm sitting at home crossing my fingers for your downfall. But from a storyline standpoint, the one thing that I can no longer handle for two weeks, because, of course, there's a two-week buildup to the Super Bowl, is Tom Brady legacy storylines. Like, I'm done. I've had those enough to last eight <laughs> lifetimes. So um, from, from, a, from a narrative and storyline standpoint, I mean, the Eagles are fascinating in terms of the roster build, right? What Howie Roseman has done there, top to bottom, it's so hard to find holes. And what Jalen Hurts has done in terms of the type of quarterback that he is and the versatility he brings to the table, and then the ways in which Nick Sirianni is so malleable in terms of adapting to that. Like, they can attack you however you are weakest on defense. Like, whatever it is, we can bring it at you that way. And then the defense is also obviously incredibly good. The Niners have, I think, a generational coach in Kyle Shanahan and also have so much versatility that's sort of schemed in there on offense and so much talent on both sides of the ball. The Bengals and Chiefs, like you said, have uh, two really, really good quarterbacks, though um, I'm now apparently fighting with people on Twitter um, because they're just uh, one of the narratives this week that I just I can't deal with. And my brain doesn't operate this way, and I know that a lot of people in sports do. And I'm not trying to take away anyone's fun. If you want to have the debate on Sunday or now or Monday after the game is decided or whatever about one of these two quarterbacks being better than the other, like one of the things that I've seen this week is you know Joe Burrow three and zero. If he beats Patrick Mahomes four times, I don't even know how you make the argument that Patrick Mahomes is a better quarterback. And I want to beat my head against a wall. Like we can do <laughs> what that are we in talking about? different ways, <laughs> yeah. right? Like what what's happening? These people are Joe Burrow's in his third year. He was really only in his second year, right? Because he didn't play the first year. Like let's chill out. Like we don't have to put them like figure out who gets the better placement in Canton just yet. Like let's go ahead and let these years play out. It's also a team game. So that's the funniest thing for me. Like, these are all subjective conversations. I know people love having them, but, like, we'll never come to an agreement. And, again, have your fun. I just think it's so silly. <laughs> We're talking to Lindsey Rhodes here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Herod. Lindsey, you mentioned, you know, about the Buffalo Bills kind of ending their season, and, and it seemed as though they weren't necessarily playing their best football as the season was winding down. And when you look at the Chiefs and just, you know, who they've lost to this season, right, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and then – the rando game against the Indianapolis Colts. Would you would you pin the storyline that you know maybe Kansas City doesn't play well against the top teams in the league? I don't know if I would say that, but I do think that it's fair to say. Like, look at Cincinnati's roster. You know, compared to the Niners and compared to the Eagles, and find me where they have a better unit outside of the quarterback position and tight end. Tight end, obviously, they have, like, the best tight end maybe ever in <laughs> Travis Kelsey. But outside of those two, yeah. 
right? Like where, where are they better? So uh, I think that Patrick Mahomes is good enough. And, and oh, I mean, obviously the coach is very good and they, they work together as a team very well. And you don't have to be better at any individual, um, any individual pieces, as long as you're put in the right positions and the, you know, and it, obviously it's a team game for a reason and they're very well coached. But I, I do wonder if, like, when you put them up against some of the best rosters in the league, is it one of the things we talked about, Josh Allen, down the stretch was, like, are they just putting too much on Josh? You know, like, it's too much of the offense, like, Josh, go make a play. And they, one of the things I thought was fascinating about the Bills on Sunday was that they were out there, uh, it would have made sense for the Jaguars to come out and, like, throw a bunch of YOLO balls against the Chiefs mm-hmm. because – because they were a team that I think if you were reasonable, if you're Doug Peterson, you're looking at this, you're going, we are an underdog. You know, we're going to have to go steal a couple possessions and make a few plays like that. The Bills came out and threw the ball downfield. Like instead of working it methodically downfield, it felt like they came out of their offense as the season went, went on and just started like chucking it and looking for big plays as opposed to establishing any kind of patience and just dominating in the way that they did earlier in the season. Um, and uh, I don't really know where I'm going with this, but the 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 Chiefs, right? I'm so excited. I'm talking myself in circles. Right. The Chiefs definitely have, uh, you know, I think one of the best quarterbacks that we'll ever see in the NFL. And there are a lot of people that are in that conversation. Cincinnati, don't at me. But um, <laughs> but from a roster standpoint, I'm not sure if they are the better team at this point. If they're the best team amongst these four teams, they could win it all. But I don't know if you're like, yes, that's the team that 100% should win it all. Lindsey Rhodes, our guest here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score, joining us on the Circle Resort Casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book. You can find her on Twitter at Lindsey underscore Rhodes. You can certainly hear her as the star of the NFL Roadshow podcast. And for for the Bengals fans, you know, there's there's been some – decades of suffering that have been there. And I mean, you know, we can't necessarily discount what happened with Andy Dalton. There were some playoff bursts in there, but this is certainly the most excited, the most championship potential it feels like we've seen for quite some time. You can go back to Carson Palmer. You know, he had his knee all busted up, but there's an excitement there that you understand from Bengals fans right now. I'm wondering, for the, the success here early that Joe Burrow has so immediately had, how much has it has it reshaped and how much has it adjusted the way that a lot of young quarterbacks are being viewed now? Because it seems to me like he, he might be a bit of a unicorn, but now kind of every young quarterback is being judged by whether or not they can immediately get this, get their team in a Super Bowl convo, whether or not they have talent surrounding them. Well, I thought, I thought Brandon Bean made an interesting point this week that um, might not have come out in the spirit in which it was intended um, and that, but I think it was valid. And that's from a roster building standpoint, it's not that frequent that you're going to find yourself in a position to get the number one overall pick and then turn around, have the number one overall pick be as good as Joe Burrow actually is, but because of an injury, he wasn't on the field that first year. So you turn around and you are able to get Jamar Chase with the fifth overall pick the next year. Like the way that they've been able to build that roster, the roster's fascinating in terms of uh, the way that they put together a bunch of young guys all at the same time. I mean, with some veterans sprinkled in, but look at the offensive weapons that they have there. It's first contracts across the board, Joe Burrow, uh, Jamar Chase, T Higgins, you know, Tyler, but like uh, Joe Mixon, like you're going to have some of these guys, these contracts are going to pop up 
right? And they're going to have to pay them. And then they're going to have to attack this roster build a little bit differently. But, um, but what I think is so interesting about the Bengals is how quickly having these key people and having them hit uh, has just completely flipped the script. Like it was two years ago, not even like I, the off season before last, when I would talk to people about the Bengals, they're like, you want to talk about the Bengals? Like, what are we, like, we're talking about the Bengals, you know? And then one Super Bowl trip, and then on the doorstep of potentially another Super Bowl trip later, no one's thinking about them that way anymore. Now the Bengals are at the top of the AFC. They're in that conversation heading into next year, no matter what happens. But even before this year, people were talking about regression. And I was like, I understand this is a mathematical thing, but you're going to have to make that make sense to me when we're talking about a team that has the best wide receiver core in the NFL, probably. I mean, one, two, three, find me a team that is better than those three. And Joe Mixon and Joe Burrow and the offensive line that got them to the Super Bowl but wasn't great, got upgraded in the offseason. Like, I don't understand where this regression is coming from. It's the same team except maybe better. Yeah, Lindsay, it's so, because cause people, people think that, you know, especially NFL players, they might start feeling themselves at a certain point. I think – I think that's what people were probably looking at because I was equally as shocked. I didn't think they'd be able to to duplicate the success of, of the years past. But, I mean, like you said, uh, we were looking at analytics and maybe you know history where we should have been just literally objectively looking at the roster. Uh, we're talking to yeah. Lin- Lindsey Rhodes here on 670 to score. Lindsey, I have a question because obviously you, know, you cover the NFL. What's your favorite team? Just curious there. And huh. outside of that, uh, what, was, uh, what was one of your favorite storylines from the season or, or stories – from this past uh, NFL regular season? Um, to the first question, I don't have a favorite team, and I know that that's weird. I didn't really no, no, grow no. up as an NFL. Welcome, I know. Welcome to I the Bears. Welcome to Chicago. You can have our team is, you know, just right there. We'll hand it to you, Lindsay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, L- L- well, you're going to have a very interesting <laughs> offseason. I'm fascinated by by your offseason that's coming up, but that's a different conversation. I I find myself like leaning in towards different teams every year, and it's just wherever I'm drawn. I've been drawn to the Chargers recently, and I'm on the verge of I was. I was um, at the end of the the regular season on the verge of becoming a Chargers fan because I think Justin Herbert is just so exciting to watch and a quarterback like Burrow that you could build around if you chose to do that the right way. Um, So I think that the Chargers are a team that I've been fascinated by this year. The team that really won me over the most is the Lions. I know you're not going to like hearing that in Chicago, seeing as how they're in the same division, but their build for the last two seasons – Dan Campbell, it's been really apparent what he's what he and they have been building there in terms of the culture and the steps that they've taken to put it together, I think, the right way. Um, I think that that they're a really interesting team and they're easy to root for. Again, I understand your audience. Not so much. Forget I said that. <laughs> well, it is definitely all good. Now, so do you end up, do you make picks? Do you predict scores? How do you normally operate then as you head into to a weekend like this? So I on the radio show that I do for Serious X and Fantasy Sports Radio, Fantasy Dirt, we do picks. I did picks. I feel the least confidently about these picks than I have ever <laughs> felt about any picks that I've ever – I mean, we're talking darts at a dartboard, right? right? I don't do scores, but I am – Taking like with the spread, I don't even remember what the spread is off the top of my head. I think it's two and a half for the. I'm taking the Eagles, mm-hmm. and I am. Then it's I'm taking one the Bengals. I'm, the other I'm taking the Bengals, but you guys, this is a head versus gut thing. Oh, those are the worst bets, Lindsay. I know. <laughs> Tom, no, no, well, Tom I'm going, Brady puts I went with my those... head. Okay, okay. I went with my head. 
Okay. My gut says Chiefs. My gut says that Patrick Mahomes and this whole ankle thing, if there's a quarterback out there who doesn't even need a base, it's Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. Right? Like, he's going to be fine. Watch him come out and throw for 400 yards. I'm putting him in my DFS lineup because I think I'm finally going to get some low ownership for Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and uh, be a contrarian with the guy with the, like, no ankle out there. I think he's going to go nuts. <laughs> Lindsay, we appreciate you hanging out with us today. Some fantastic stuff. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, enjoy your weekend, okay? Thank you so much. I certainly will. You guys, too. Of course. Lindsay Thanks, Rhodes from the NFL Roadshow podcast joining us here on 670 The Score. She was great. Yeah. I, yeah, I could listen to her awesome. talk some she's NFL. Awesome. She's like, you know, very detailed right there. Yeah, we gotta make sure we do that again with Lindsay as well. She was uh she's one of the hosts on the NFL network for a long time. She knows the league like the back of her hand. And the reason that she doesn't necessarily have a specific NFL allegiance aside from having to cover the league in such detail, she's a bigger USC fan than she than she is anything else out there. She is a Trojan through and through. Ah, that uh, makes sense. Right. So well, at least maybe she'll be covering some so it should be following some Big Ten football pretty That's soon. That's right. Get That's it to right, the Midwest. Man. Yep, USC joining the Big Ten 2024. It's, dude, it's, it's so funny to think about trying to convince someone to be a Bears fan because it <laughs> seems like such a long shot. And right. as it rolled off my tongue when I was like, oh, you know, I'm going to lead it up. Bears, uh, we got something for you. And I'm like, who the hell would sit there and be like, Oh yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm ready for that roller coaster ride. You better get in on the ground floor. This thing's about to take off. Yeah, right. Dude. <laughs> that didn't sound convincing. Like, no, and that's what I'm trying. That's why I'm looking. I'm like, damn, this that's gonna suck. Like we have nothing. We actually like, oh, dude, we got Justin Fields, and then like casual football fan who has no allegiance to anyone says, you mean the guy that threw for seven for twenty one for seventy five yeah, right. yards in his last game? Right. And you're like. Yeah, 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 but he's Dude, good. The, the, the last-ranked <laughs> passing offense in the NFL, that guy, eh, I'll, wait. I'll wait. Dude, we are a special bunch of people here in Chicago because that's the only way we could love this team. You know, like they say your, your face is uh, a face only your mother can love. Uh-huh. We're, we got a team only a Chicagoan can love. That's what we have right here. All right, uh, we're going to continue the conversation on the other side, talk some NFL, some playoffs, and then we got a, a slew of people ready for mm-hmm. you on the other side. We got uh, the Niners covered. We got the Eagles covered, and of course the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we got someone from over there joining us as well. We're going to be here till nine o'clock, so you got a lot of stuff left. But if you want to say something, the phone lines are open. We got Leo uh, Manningham right now, so three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. Let's take your football thoughts after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on six seventy The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. 
sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. And before we get to the phone lines, and if you're driving around you, yes, yeah, I'm talking to you. If you want to uh, call in, talk about anything Bears-related, NFL playoffs-related, 312-644-6767. We never, I never went back to the text line. There was hella people put, putting in uh, comments about how they went on vacation and snuck in a, oh, yeah? a, a game. Okay. Somebody said, uh, the first one, which I thought was hilarious, Said my wife talked me into going to Austin. I made her fly to Dallas for a Sox Rangers game, and then we drove down <laughs> last year. Dude, that's so funny. Somebody said I went to Minnesota to visit family, and the Bulls were in town. I got to see D Rose and Tibbs. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're going to New Orleans and you're going to watch a Pelicans game. You've got to be kidding. Get yourself to Frenchman Street. I know. I know. I know where we're going. But I was gonna say because you, you know I'm, I'm in New Orleans every year, man. I right. can definitely, uh, I can definitely. Right. Some I, I, I love New Orleans. Uh, this would be my wife's first time as a, as like a person that's over 21 years old. So all right. I understand that. Some other ones that came in said they went to St. Louis. Another one went to Bush Stadium, caught a Blackhawks game. It's good, man. It's always good to sneak in a sporting event when you're on vacation. You know, you always gotta. I always got to check the uh, the old schedule to see if it matches up. It's match made in heaven right there. You know what I messed with? We almost, we didn't end up doing it because it was going to be a little bit longer drive than we really wanted to. But one time we were in we were in Buenos Aires and Madonna wasn't too far away. Like she wasn't right there in BA. Okay. But it was going to be like, some, I'm trying to remember what the neighboring, like a, a nearby city was. It was like a couple hours drive away. Like, you know what? I don't know. I mean, you know, she not. She definitely wasn't wasn't still the material girl at that point. She was a little, little bit longer in the tooth. But like, I don't know. Like, if there's any any concert that might just be kind of cooler, even cooler to see her overseas than to see her in the That's U.S. Funny. Like, you know, Madonna's <laughs> not that far. Fair away. enough, right? We thought about it, man. We thought we looked at some ticket prices. We're like, all right, so if we rent a vehicle. We want to drive over there. It'll be a couple hours away. We we gave it real serious thought. But then when it came down to it, it was like, all right, if we want to do decent seats, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna it's be not too worth much. Let's yeah. just enjoy our vacation. So we didn't end up doing that. Was one where it was like, all right, here's what's an event. It didn't end up being a sporting event. It ended up being like we almost went and saw Madonna overseas. Now before before Michael Jackson passed, we were 100 percent gonna go to London. We 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 hadn't been to London yet at that point, and we're like, all right, he got his his last world tour coming up. He's gonna be in London. We got a better shot of getting those tickets than anywhere he's gonna be domestically. We were gonna plan a trip to London just to go see Michael Jackson. And then, of course, the opportunity ended up uh, not being there anymore, unfortunately. But we, we were going to do that to go see MJ. Yeah. I mean, so like I said, it's good to multitask. Get him in. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to get your phone calls in. 312-644-6767. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on a Friday night on 670 The Score. We're taking your thoughts. Let's go. Let's start with, uh, let's start with Bob and Joliet. So, Bob... Um, you you still have an issue with Coach Eberflus and the Chicago Bears, is that right? Uh, 
Absolutely. Um, here, here's my question. One, when will Mark, is Mark, will Mark Grody, why is Mark Grody, I'm sorry, why is Mark Grody not the sideline reporter for away games? Here's my second question. When will a score personality finally admit that we hired the wrong head coach for the Bears and should have hired Brian Dayball? I mean, listen, it's easy to say that when Dayball takes a, a team with a better roster to the playoffs, not like he did it in convincing fashion. He did it, you know, he just snuck in, did a little Michael Jackson moonwalk. We were just talking about him. He did that into the playoffs, and I, I can understand where you might initially feel like that. Uh, but remember, I, I, I'm, the, I'm the guy that thinks that, you know, maybe one thing is not necessarily better than the other. It's just different. And I think that's where we're at right now with Dable and uh, and uh, and Coach Eberflus that, you know, you can't necessarily say one is better than the other, but we do know that they probably just have different coaching styles. Yeah, I, I don't know if the if the thought is that somehow Brian Dayball, if he were the Bears coach, that the Bears would have went to the playoffs instead <laughs> of the Giants this year. That, that wasn't about to happen, man. I mean, you could have you could have resurrected Vince Lombardi or Papa Bear Hallis or anybody. The Bears weren't about to make the playoffs this year with this collection of talent, and frankly, just for the the direction the organization obviously were planning to go the entire time. I mean, I don't think they planned on being the worst team in football and having the number one overall pick from the start of the season, but the offseason told you the Bears weren't planning on being real good, uh-uh. and then as the number one pick became more of a reality during the season, then that's where they said, all right, let's go ahead and, and keep pushing pushing the chips off the table. You know, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to keep resourcing this thing in the opposite direction to give ourselves the best chance at number one. Because, and if you're Bob and Joliet and you're saying to yourself, Bears sucked, it's the coach's fault. And you're like, hmm. Papa, you're really not watching these games all year. Uh, you're not, you're not yeah. seeing this defensive line or you can't, you can't blame Coach Ibrahim. Now, now listen, can we have this conversation again in two or three years if the team is under right. a cheer? Absolutely right. we can do right. that. But right now, in the present, I don't think that's something we could do. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines. Again, we're taking your calls. Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, 312-644-6767. Let's go to Mike out in Orland Park. So, you have a you, Mike, you have a Fields versus Bryce Young uh, comparison on your brain. Yeah, I just want to know if you guys, you know, I mean, you guys watch a lot. I mean, I watch a lot of college football. And, you know, I was just wondering what you thought about, you know, do you think Bryce Young, you know, five years from now will be a better quarterback than Justin Fields? And I'm not talking about his his performance this year at that same time, you know. Yeah, I hear what you're and saying. I, I hear what you're saying, Mike. And, and, and obviously you're going to have a way better answer to this. You, you've called Justin. You, uh, Gabe you, is Mr. College Football. No, no, no. Don't, don't get that no, twisted. I just Gabriel, said, Mr. I College t- Football, Ramirez no, is I his did, full name. No, I did watch 42 games this season, uh-huh. so I will say yep. I might be somewhat of an expert. No. Yeah. Um, I, I, I all I want to say is that Mike in Orland Park, I too have a level of fear that exists in my brain that what you just mentioned could be a possibility. Now, mind you, a possibility. Do I think it's going to happen? No, but I, there's a level of fear that exists in my brain that Bryce Young in five years could be a better quarterback than Justin Fields. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, he, he might be. You know, I mean, I, I, I do think Bryce Young is going to be a successful NFL quarterback. Now, he's he is certainly not scheme-proof or situation-proof. You know, I do think that, you know, again, at, at this point in my evaluation of Bryce Young, we're going to get more and more of an opportunity to measure him up against the other best quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and, and thus and so. But my evaluation of Bryce Young at the moment is that he's kind of a 
he's a more he's a better culture guy as far as the locker room, the way the team reacts to him, showing up every day with the attitude you're hoping for. Better culture guy in that way than Kyler Murray. Yeah. But, you know, similar similar physically, similar in style of play, even more diminutive than Kyler Murray, frankly. But as far as style of play, similar to Kyler Murray in that regard while being better culturally. So I'd say a, a slightly a slightly le- similar in athleticism to Kyler Murray, but not quite the the physical specimen that Kyler Murray is. His arm isn't quite as big. I wouldn't say he, he's not quite as mobile either. So maybe a notch below Kyler Murray physically, but certainly beyond Kyler Murray culturally, mentally, emotionally, those types of things that matter quite a bit yeah. in quarterback play. So do I think he's going to be better than Justin Fields in five years? Could he be? Sure, yeah, I think he could be. But, again, it, you're, you're taking a flyer. You're making an educated guess, and I feel like the Bears already have a quarterback that they're going to be in an effective position to build around. Anything you draft, you're, you're just sort of taking guesswork on what that may turn into at the pro level. He's Anthony Heron. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. We're taking your phone calls. I'm not just the NFL, but the Bears as well. Let's go out to Nick in Northern California. So, Nick, you have a question. Nick, you have a question about uh, the Bears offseason, right? Yeah, I do. I got I want to touch on three things, okay? Uh, first, love listening to you guys. You keep me company as I'm driving to referee basketball games. So, thank you. Um, toss somebody, hey, toss somebody first, for me today, Nick. That's all I ask. If, I it's, just, if it's like third grade I, basketball, I, I, toss them. No, it's varsity, unfortunately. Uh, so, but uh, yeah. Anyways, hey. So I called in the other day, driving to another game, and my blood was boiling then. And you heard it uh, over the the radio, Gabe. Billy Donovan irritates me. The Bulls are frustrating, but we're talking Bears. So, what does what does I'll draw some parallels. Uh, first parallel is look at the the Bulls are. We look at them as a very big letdown from last year. Um, what does a bear? What does that look like in Bears terms next year? And then, if you can win an off season on paper, which you cannot. What, in your mind, for both of you, not the same answer, what does winning the offseason look like for the Bears and who is one free agent you really have, you're just salivating over, that you really want them to get beyond Deron Payne from Washington Commanders? Guys, love the show. Wait, wait, Nick, don't don't go yet. Nick, don't go yet. Take me back to that first question again because you threw me off a little bit. You said the Bears next year, Bulls offseason. Right, yep. Yeah, yep. So the Bulls – we all look at them as kind of a major letdown. They stink right now, and that's the radio-friendly word to say. And um, they are a hot pile of crap. So what does, if the, we're looking at the Bears a year from now, after next season, what would be the equipment, like how would they I look? What, or what, would the, what would the letdown, yeah, what would yeah, the letdown look like? I got you, Nick. I got yeah. you. Thanks for the call. Always appreciate you checking in. Uh, Ant. I think when he talks about the first one, I mean, next year letdown would be for the Bears to look to look like the Bulls of this year would be a team that still only wins three games despite hmm. adding to their roster, despite putting talent around Justin Fields. A letdown would look like a, a, a season that is exactly the same as this year, an underwhelming one. Second question Nick asked, um, what is a, a victory in the, for the Bears offseason? What does that look like? I think it's taking a step in the right direction. We can't, as Bears fans, put the pressure on the organization to go from worst to first in one season. At least I don't think we can. I think you have to just allow them 
to give them a two-year plan, right? So you want some sort of growth. The same same way we wanted growth from Justin Fields in year two over here, we want that same thing for the Bears as an organization in this offseason. That's what look back. And then one free agent, I think you said it, right? Deron Payne, a guy like that. I mean, that's somebody that you would look at. And then I, I, I mentioned it earlier, um, the tight end from the Bengals, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst. I think for me that, that I would like somebody like that. He's a, a good, really good pass catching tight end, because, because only because the wide receiver groups and free agency and the draft are you know just not as good as people would like them to be. So if you can add some sort of another weapon that's not in the form of a wide receiver, that would be on my list. Woo! That was a lot. Man, hopefully you remember all those questions. <laughs> no, I, I like it as far as Hayden Hurst, man, because you you're obviously going to need to upgrade the pass catchers, and he's a guy that's a tight end that would do that in a different way than what you get out of Cole Komet. For the, the offseason for the Bears, you you certainly, everyone should expect more out of the Bears going into next year, but I think you got to keep it within reason. You know, are you? It's, it's cool to hope for a worst-to-first kind of turnaround for the Bears, but you even think about, okay, this, this playoff version of worst-to-first was Jacksonville. Jacksonville wasn't some overwhelming team, but – they kind of limped their way through the regular season with a bad division, got hot at the right time around a quarterback that was playing at a high level and instilling some belief into the team around him. So Jacksonville wins a bad division, makes the playoffs, and then found a way to win a game in, in one of the biggest comebacks any of us have ever seen. Wasn't really because they outplayed the Chargers, but Chargers made you know some critical errors. Jacksonville gets hot at the right time in that game, and they, they sort of, you know, work their way through a playoff dub. So, I mean, it, that that's a good position for the Bears to be in, and the Bears are also, of course, in a weak division. So there, there's a lot by comparison with Jacksonville. Now, Jacksonville already had more, more talent and certainly better infrastructure and a more proven head coach than the Bears are presented with at the moment. And so that's where, you know, I think it's, it's far too early to say that the Bears made a mistake in Matt Eberflus just because you look at the development. The text line reacted to it as well. The way that Brian Dayball developed Daniel Jones, credit to him. It's great. He's, he's done really well with quarterbacks throughout his coaching career. Him being a good coach doesn't mean Matt Eberflus is a bad coach. You know, like if Brian Dayball was here and the Bears didn't make the playoffs, that wouldn't suddenly mean Brian Dayball is a bad coach. He's just in a worse situation to try to get anything done. There's, there's multiple players in free agency. My thought is the Bears are probably going to take a big swing or two in free agency, likely for a defensive lineman. I doubt it's going to be for a pass catcher, but a guy that I've highlighted is actually one of the players on the 49ers, Charles Amenahu. I think I've mentioned that name to you before. He's a guy yeah. who would likely be a reasonably priced free agent edge player on defense that will definitely be an upgrade. Now, it's not saying a whole lot to say you're going to be an upgrade over the current defensive ends and edge defenders for the Bears, but he's a guy with a lot of pass rush talent. So if you go free agent off the edge, hopefully free agent, or or not free agent, but hopefully a draft pick in there somewhere as well, but definitely in the draft. If you end up with an interior defensive lineman like a Jalen Carter in the draft and you get a Menahu coming off the edge, then at least you have two guys who you can pencil in as starters that will definitively be upgrades over what's on your roster right now. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. All right, uh, we got about a minute left. I, I want to get to Zach in Des Moines. He's been sitting on hold for damn near 20 minutes. Zach, uh, but you don't want to talk about the Bears. You're talking about the Chiefs and the Bengals, right? I could pivot to the Bears. If, uh, no, 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 no. I want, no, 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 no. You go with your heart right now. All right. Um, so I'm a big gambler. Obviously, I've been looking at the lines for this AFC Championship game. The movement, obviously, Mahomes in the ankle comes at the forefront. However, 
I did notice Chris Jones, obviously a all-pro nose tackle, seemed a little fed up with the phrase Burrowhead Stadium in reference to Arrowhead, of course. And since that pressure, I've noticed the line has also moved a half point in favor of the Chiefs sitting right now at one and a half. I was wondering, as far as your picks to the, go, to the game go, despite the ankle from Mahomes, how much of that bulletin board material you think is coming into play come this Sunday? I can't wait for Ant to answer that question because he actually played in the NFL. So that means, but for me, the guy who just kind of sees it from the outside, I mean, it helped the Chiefs against the Buffalo Bills because the Chiefs had that chip on their shoulder like, oh, everybody thinks it's going to be the Bills and the, and the, and the Chiefs playing in, in this, this neutral site, right? So that was something that gave them motivation. Or at least I think it did. And I think the same thing uh, goes to the Chiefs. I think it's such a psychological game that that's why you're seeing you know, the line movement along with, with Mahomes actually playing in the game on Sunday. That, that helps it out as well. But, but Ann, are you, is there, was there ever bulletin board material that, that ruffled your feathers at any point during your career? Oh, yeah, man, yeah. And, I mean, you know, it's one thing for it to be with an individual player, but especially once you get to this point in the season, once you hit this stage, and especially think about the Chiefs' perspective here where there's guys who've been in the AFC Championship game every year they've been with that organization. There's guys who've got wow. a Super Bowl ring who, who are playing with a team that is the Super Bowl favorite on an annual basis. How disrespected do the Kansas City Chiefs feel right now with all this love being thrown Joe Burrow's way and it's deserved but the thing is Joe Burrow leans into it also and I dig it man I'm, I'm all about that bravado that he brings his team feeds off of it as well but the opponent no doubt feeds off of it too I think Kansas City feels all the disrespect in the world even more disrespect oh, yeah. than actually even is legitimately yeah, there yeah. not a doubt <laughs> my mind they are leaning into that all I, all I imagine is the Kansas City Chiefs looking at Burrowhead mm-hmm. uh, Stadium and then and they took it personally yeah. Just like Michael Jordan did in the exactly. last dance. All right. We are going to get up out of here uh, for this break, and then we're going to continue the playoff conversation next with Josh Tolentino. He is the Philadelphia Eagles reporter for the Philadelphia Inquirer. We'll get uh, his his views and, and, and his answer as to how far away are the Chicago Bears from being in Philadelphia Eagle territory. We'll discuss it after this. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Anthony Heron and Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Hurts, awaiting the shotgun snap, gets it, bobbles it, picks it up, now runs to the left side. Hurts on a diagonal to the end zone. Touchdown! Jalen Hurts bobbles the snap and goes in untouched for six. And the route is on in Philadelphia. 27-0 Eagles. We're talking some NFL playoffs here on 670 The Score. Hopefully you guys are enjoying your Friday night. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. And we're going to continue our little uh, stroll around the NFL right now. Joining us on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. 
He is the beat reporter for the Philadelphia Eagles at the Philadelphia Inquirer. And he got some he got some Chicago roots. We'll talk about those in a second. Of course, I'm talking about Josh Tolentino. Josh, what's up, man? How are you? Hey, Aunt Gabe, a pleasure to uh, check in with you guys here Friday night in Philadelphia. Uh, just a short, less than 48 hours now, obviously, before the Eagles host the NFC Championship against the 49ers. It's going to be a great weekend of football for sure. A great one nonetheless. I mean, obviously, Jalen Hurd's been doing his thing all season long. What what? T- take me through the the – because I'm trying to think about Philadelphia media. Philadelphia is a city, and they're seeing A.J. Brown get there, you know, for the first time. And then what what their temperature is like right now about that guy. Is he, like, God status right now in Philadelphia? Oh, man. He actually had a little temper uh, issue in this most recent game against the Giants. The Eagles were really gashing the Giants at will on the ground. So they, uh, I think they, the run-to-pass ratio was the most lopsided it was all year. And in the fourth quarter – A.J. Brown was actually uh, upset, and Nick Sirianni had to consult him. It was caught on camera. You know, he was pretty upset, even though they were basically blowing out the uh, Giants. But, uh, you know, they hashed that out in the locker room and, you know, over the past few days, and uh, it seems to be all love on A.J.'s side. You you mentioned him specifically. Uh, He's been such a, uh, you know, that's probably an accurate term, a godsend here uh, for the Eagles. He broke in his first season the franchise record, uh, for receiving yards and not just that he obviously has a very very close-knit uh, relationship with Jalen Hurts but it wasn't just him uh, you know the Eagles they really crushed the the offseason James Bradbury he's a top cornerback uh, a guys that Bears fans might be looking at in the free as free agency uh, gets close he's been playing at the best level of his career uh, guys like CJ Gardner Johnson uh, their safety uh, just so many uh, great additions for this team, and it's a big reason, honestly, why they uh, have uh, made it this far, one of the last uh, four teams remaining here in the playoffs. I feel like sometimes when we're on the outside looking in, we kind of assume the way things feel in, in another city, and so there's been all this discussion in Chicago this year about comparing the, the path of Justin Fields with the path Jalen Hurts is now on and this appreciation for what the Eagles have done in developing Jalen Hurts. How How much – is Jalen Hurts appreciated in Philly right now? Like, is there still, you know, Eagles fans are, are rather uh, rather fickle, you know, perhaps a little bit on the negative side at times when things don't go well? Are people fully appreciating what they've seen from Jalen Hurts this year? You know, I think they're getting around there. Uh, you know, there are progressive signs uh, throughout the season, whether it be the record, the success, uh, him being an MVP finalist that was just announced a couple days ago. Uh, so I think they're getting around to that, but it's a tough city. And I say that having, you know, Chicago roots and watching, you know, so many quarterbacks over the past decades uh, go through there and try to make it. Uh, you you mentioned Justin Fields specifically, and, and that's a great transition coming off A.J. Brown. Uh, you think about the Bears and, uh, you, you know, you look at what the Eagles have done with Jalen Hurts. You know, Jalen's on his rookie contract, and that's a big reason why they've been able to get out so many pieces uh, here to help him. And A.J. Brown being a bona fide number one receiver, uh, and, but you think about what they did last year. Last year with their top pick in the draft, they got a guy in Devontae Smith who was a proven winner, a Heisman Trophy uh, winner. So they basically essentially have uh, two wide receiver ones. And I think you guys, uh, you know, many of us saw the talent uh, there in the Bears game about a month ago. But um, I think that's, uh, you know, if we're, we're spinning it towards the Bears and Justin Fields, certainly – and uh, and speaking also with uh, people close to, to Justin just over the past uh, recent weeks about this exact conversation, 
and how to surround him with those weapons. Uh, certainly, without a doubt, uh, adding a top receiver with that type of uh, talent, that caliber, uh, helps in their growth uh, for sure. We're talking to Josh Tolentino here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron. It's like you break my heart every when I'm hearing this conversation about Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown. You're just like, oh, what could be here in Chicago? I'm seeing, I'm like just hearing it, and I'm like, Josh, you're killing me over here, bro. You know what you're doing right now when you're giving me this thing. But, you know, it's something that the Bears have to deal with in the upcoming draft. Now, you guys are sitting pretty in the, with a top 10 pick. What, what direction do you think you guys are going to go? And I feel like, you know, it's just the rich getting richer when I see the Philly, Philadelphia Eagles having a pick like that. Uh, what, what direction do you think the team will go in? Oh, man. Well, it's it's going to be a, a tough task for general manager Howie Roseman heading into this offseason. And, you know, we mentioned a lot of the areas that he hit on heading into this season. Man, this offseason, they have 11 starters uh, who are going to be uh, free agents. So a lot of uh, roster uh, turnover. But I think the biggest priority is Jalen Hurts, whenever their season ends, he's eligible for a contract extension for the first time in his young career. And arguably, he's uh, proven that he deserves that. He warrants that discussion with uh, all the success that he's had uh, this season. And you could argue, you know, is that a byproduct of uh, the people around him? And that will certainly come into uh, negotiations. But uh, you think about the biggest questions that were surrounding uh, Jalen heading into this year. Um, And by and large, a lot of those uh, same questions uh, hover over Justin Fields in regards to uh, him as a passer, him as a thrower, and really the biggest question mark uh, with Jalen after they got eliminated by the Bucks in last year's wildcard round was how quickly can he go through his progressions? You, you saw him labor in that area and also throwing across uh, the middle parts of the field in the deep ball. Again, uh, very similar questions that surround Justin Fields' game, but Hey, you know what? You you get a top top two top wide receivers there, and AJ Brown, uh, Devonte Smith, and then Dallas Goddard. We haven't even uh, mentioned him. You know, going into that Bears game a month ago in Chicago, I was looking at the stats, and Dallas Goddard. I think he had at the time uh, he had missed four games, and despite that, he had more receiving yards than I think the top two or three Bears receivers combined. So, um, and that's your third pass catcher so that's just to uh, a testament to the talent they have surrounded uh, Jalen with here in Philadelphia let's flip over to the defensive side for the Eagles here with that pass rush we, we got a first-hand look at it and while Justin Fields did handle it well here in Chicago but the Eagles just come at the opponent in waves and it doesn't necessarily matter who's in it, it just seems like everyone on that D-line knows how to penetrate get after the opposing quarterback, and when they're behind the chains, it just seems like the opposing pass protection doesn't stand much of a chance, but this will be as versatile, as varied an offense coached by Kyle Shanahan as they face the entire year. How do you see that? Do you see that as as a big advantage for the Eagles because of that depth up front, or, or can that San Francisco offense really present a different task and a test to them that they haven't seen yet? You know, Aunt Gabe, to spin it uh, back again to the Bears, the Chicago angle really quick, uh, after the, the Eagles uh, defeated the Bears to improve to 13-1, again, um, I believe that game was December 18th, so about a month ago in Chicago, um, there were a couple Bears reporters that I grew up reading, and they, they uh, snuck into the uh, Eagles locker room. Uh, they were talking to guys like Javon Hargrave, Hassan Reddick, uh, Javon Hargrave specifically because he's, he's one of those 11 impending free agents had a career-high 11 sacks this year. And you uh, speak to that right there. 
the pressure's coming from all angles, guys. I mean, they've got they had they were the first team in NFL history to have four pass rushers finish with uh, double digit sacks. Uh, three of those guys were edge guys. Then Javon Hargrave there in the middle. And you think about Brock Purdy and, and, and certainly the success that the 49ers have enjoyed over the past two, three months, 12 straight wins, eight under Brock Purdy. Arguably, uh, they have not faced a pass rush like the Eagles, uh, 70 sacks. That's the uh, third most in NFL history. Uh, they're getting close to the Bears, uh, you know, that historic team uh, from a few decades ago. I think they need eight more over these next uh, potential two games to, uh, you know, tie that. Uh, historic mark set by the Bears. Uh, but, again, the pass rush is coming from everywhere, and Brock Birdie certainly is going to uh, be up against that and their offensive line uh, coming up here this Sunday. Josh, I know you keep bringing up Chicago because you just love it and you miss it so much. There's nothing wrong with that, bro. It's okay. We love it, we love it equally as much. Tell me your uh, favorite Filipino spot in Chicago. Hey, I'm trying to spin it forward to the, the, the viewers, the audience, the listeners. <laughs> And, um, oh, man, there's a, a, uh, a spot out in uh, around Glendale Heights, Carroll Stream, so a bit out in the suburbs, uh, but it's called uh, Hong Ning, um, and it's just a, a great um, traditional Filipino spot. I'm from the suburbs myself, out like around uh, Aurora, Naperville, so okay. uh, yeah, definitely good food around there and, and certainly in the city. I'm a sucker. I'm, I'm a sucker for, for some good Filipino food, man. I, I, uh, so that's why I had to ask. I had to get the, the, the low down. It's like if somebody asking me where to go, go get Puerto Rican food. Like, I'll tell you where to go eat at, Josh. <laughs> so I'm glad you told me right there. What, what was the suburb again? Uh, out in Glendale Heights. But if you if you want to stay in the city, oh, man, there's a, a spot called Cebu. It's in uh, North Avenue. It's uh, I mean, North Avenue is a huge uh, street. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's around uh, Ukrainian Village, uh, Logan Square area. It's called Cebu, um, which is uh, one of the famous cities there in the Philippines. Great, great food out there in that neighborhood. I see it right here off of Kimball. So I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I'm going to go ahead and check that out. All right, Josh, thanks for hanging out with us today, man. We really appreciate you. Uh, Good luck to your team. Hopefully the Bears can be in that position in just a few seasons. Have a great Friday, though, all right? Yes, sir, guys. Always a pleasure to hop on. Enjoy the football this weekend. Will do. Josh Tolentino, beat reporter for Philadelphia Eagles for the Philadelphia Inquirer, hanging out with us here. It's always good to see Chicago guys come back. Yeah. You know? Nationwide, man. We're everywhere. Dude, this guy's, this guy's been everywhere. But seeing Cebu, he's talking about, that was uh, right in between Damon and Western on North Avenue. I got to go check that one out. I was looking at the Cebu way up north on Kimball and, like, Lawrence. But mm. anyway, I'm a sucker. I'm, I'm a sucker for Filipino. Like, what, what do you want me to I'm say? I'm glad you asked him, man. I'm glad you asked him. I'm always down for some new food spots to check out. Dude, when you get when you get there and Filipino food, like how they season their chicken, they be having like adobo chickens, very similar uh, seasonings that we use in Puerto Rican culture. So, you know. Okay. Whatever, man. We're a foodie town. I'm trying to, Why am I getting so defensive about asking about what's <laughs> Filipino? I'm talking about some whatever, man. Who am I talking to right now? All right. Uh, we are going to continue the football conversation. Defensive. I know. I was like, I, I caught myself. I'm like, what the hell am I doing right now? Um, uh, we are going to continue this NFL uh, playoff carousel that we are on right now. And coming up next, we go from Philadelphia to the team they're going up against, the San Francisco 49ers. And to discuss that team, we get to talk to Troy Clarity on our airwaves, and we'll do that after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Anthony Heron, right here on 670 The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.